Most people only know six emotions. Angry, sad, anxious, hurt, embarrassed, happy. <laughs> Most people only know six emotions. But there are so many more emotions. Right? And so, when you only know six emotions, but there's so many more, you're bound to make mistakes. You're bound to say that you're angry when actually you're just frustrated. You're bound to say that you're sad when actually you're just disappointed. Welcome back to the What's Up and What's Next podcast, the greatest podcast of all times. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for tuning in for another week, another episode, another podcast, another set of insights that I get to share with every single one of you. Thank you so, so much. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe, leave us a review. It takes a couple of seconds and it means the world for the podcast and it helps us grow so, so much quicker. Thank you for offering me your time and your energy. I don't take that for granted. I know you've got a busy life. I know you've got a busy schedule and yet you still find the time to tune in for a short amount of time and dedicate time for self-growth. I appreciate that. Thank you so, so much. Now, before we jump into today's episode, which is all about emotions, all about emotional intelligence, I want to first share with you a small reflection I was having recently. And it's actually about a realization I had a while ago. I know it sounds confusing, but basically I was thinking about something that I realized in the past and I was reflecting on that. And I thought, why not share it with all of you since I'm doing a podcast episode and then jump into the episode. So thank you, first of all, for allowing me the space to share stuff that is on my mind. And thank you so much for everything that you do to support the podcast. I mean this when I say it, and I can't stress this enough. The podcast is growing at a pace that is so wonderful to see, and that's because of every single one of you, so thank you. Now, last year, I went to Portugal. Right, as you know, I was born and raised in Portugal. Everyone knows this story. Like, I tell it a hundred times, a thousand times, a million times. I love saying it, but it's true. I was born and raised in Portugal. I'm currently based in the UK. And I go back to Portugal, not that very often anymore, but last year I had an opportunity to go back to Portugal and it was nice. And I went with my family. And one of the things that Portugal is known for, well, there are many things that Portugal is known for. Ronaldo <laughs> being probably like the biggest thing Portugal is known for, for football, of course. And... No, there's a lot more. But we're talking about scenery, the people, the food, the pastries. But what I want to focus on is the beaches, which is such a beautiful part of Portugal. Portugal is known for the beaches, the sand, the water, being able to just go and have a nice time with nice weather, hot, sunny, warm weather, you know, all the good stuff. And last year, me and my family, we went to the beach, not during the daytime. I mean, we did go during the daytime, but in one of the particular days, we actually went in the evening. And we didn't go for a swim or anything. We just went and just sat down at the beach to chill in the evening. And it was one of the most peaceful 
experiences that I've had in recent times. And peaceful is the right word here because that's how I felt. I felt at peace. And we lay down and we were just stargazing. The sky looked amazing. The stars were shining. And we were just reflecting and meditating individually. We were together, but individually just contemplating that moment, embracing that moment, accepting that moment. And so I was reflecting. And at that time, a random question popped up in my brain. Don't ask me why or how, but this passing thought just came by. And all of a sudden, there's this question that kept replaying, which was, what is the highest level of connection? What is the highest level of connection? This question kept replaying over and over again in that meditative period that I had. And so I sat with it. I don't know why that was the question that popped in my head, but it was the question and I sat to reflect and think about it. And then I landed on an answer. The highest level of connection is disconnection. The highest level of connection is disconnection. When you fully disconnect from the external noise, you fully connect with your internal voice. When you fully disconnect from everything else, you fully connect with yourself. And that's powerful. That's the true high level of connection. The truest and the highest level of connection. It's disconnection. And it sounds counterintuitive. It sounds controversial. It definitely is an unpopular opinion. But it's something that resonated with me strongly. The highest level of connection is without a doubt disconnection. Because in order for you to connect, you have to first disconnect so that you can reconnect to then fully connect. I hope you're still with me on this. But that's what I landed on. And so when I try my best these days to find moments of peace and find moments where I can just embrace the now and be fully present and grounded, I always remember that if I truly want to connect, if I truly want to be able to connect, I have to fully be able to disconnect. And that has stayed with me for a while. In fact, it stayed with me since last year when I had that realization and that reflection. And recently it came back in my mind. And so I just thought I'd share it because why not? Maybe these will help you solidify some thoughts in your head. Maybe it won't. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting to share because maybe it's some food for thought on what we tend to believe is the way in which we can connect. We emphasize connection so much without realizing that this connection 
is actually the pathway to connection. Anyways, I hope that made sense. I hope that was maybe helpful as a food for thought to share with all of you. But that's not actually what the episode is about today. Today's episode is actually about emotional intelligence. Emotions. Everyone knows that we have emotions. Everyone knows some of those emotions. A lot of us, we either struggle to be emotionally intelligent or we struggle to identify the elements that make us or that would help us be emotionally intelligent. So today I want to give a brief overview to help you better understand this term that we refer to as emotional intelligence. And there's so many other terms that are either representative of the same or are part of the same family of the word. And we're talking about things like emotional regulation, emotional resilience, emotional stamina, and the list goes on and on and on. However, bringing us back to emotional intelligence, it basically has two elements, right? The first element is about having the ability of recognizing and managing your own emotions. This is achieved through self-awareness, to self-regulation, to motivation. Then the second element to it is your ability to understand and evaluate, okay? Understand and evaluate the feelings and intentions of others. So notice how at its core, emotional intelligence has two parts. The first part relates to yourself. The second part relates to everyone else. The first part is about you being capable enough in the recognition and the management of your own emotions. And the second part is your capability to understand accurately and evaluate correctly the feelings and intentions of others. Now, I've mentioned quite a lot, so I want to break things down a little bit more. I told you that your ability to recognize and to manage emotions has to be achieved by self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation. So, self-awareness is related to monitoring and understanding one's feelings and intentions and the impact it has on others. So when you're able to understand your feelings and intentions and the impact it has on others, you have a level of self-awareness over your emotions that a lot of people don't. And then we move on to self-regulation, which is your ability to control emotional impulses and behavioral urges that are inappropriate or harmful. And this is referring specifically to when something happens and that instinct kicks in of wanting to react, right? Wanting to react. Self-regulation comes in that because that is your ability to control your emotional impulses, those reactions, those impulsive reactions that you feel in the moment, right? That are inappropriate or harmful. Self-regulation is about your abilities to control that, to navigate that, to maintain yourself in situations where it's hard to be maintained and staying composed. 
And then if we go to the second part, when it refers to being able to just evaluate, assess, understand feelings and intentions from others, this is possible via empathy. This is possible via social skills, right? Empathy, we've heard this word way too many times, but really what it means is, is your ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Your ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Take their perspective and understand, share that understanding of their emotional experience. Not yours, their emotional experience. Your ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and fully grasp the emotional experience at the time is true empathy at its finest. And social skills. Social skills is simple, right? It's the tools. The tools that we apply to communicate with people, to build relationships with people, to develop connections with people, to seek or provide help, to avoid conflict, and to collaborate with others. Both of these, both empathy and social skills, are important when you're trying to do your best at understanding and correctly evaluating the feelings and the intentions of others. An effective way to practice emotional intelligence is this concept called OAM, which means to observe, to acknowledge, and to move on. Observe meaning you label and you understand what you or someone else is feeling. Acknowledge simply means to acknowledge that feeling, acknowledge that emotion. Move on means to accept the feeling. Accept the feeling fully. Move on if there is nothing to resolve. Because most feelings are temporary. And we shouldn't attach ourselves to it, nor should we identify as them. Right? I think this is really important. So you observe, which means to label and understand what you or someone else is feeling. You acknowledge, which means to fully embrace that feeling and then you move on, which means to accept the feeling if there is nothing to resolve in order to prevent attaching yourself to those emotions or identifying yourself as those emotions. That's a common mistake actually that we make. We say things such as, I am happy instead of I feel happy. We say things such as, I am sad instead of I feel sad. We say things such as I am angry instead of I feel angry. So you see the mistake that we make is that we attach ourselves to the identity that those emotions are us and we are those emotions. Whereas actually, you are not the emotion in and of itself, you simply feel the emotion in and of itself. And those are two different things. And so, as you can tell, the most important part of this exercise, OAM, observe, acknowledge and move on, it has to be with the first step. Of course, every step is important, but the first step is probably the one where we make the major mistakes, where we make the biggest mistakes. Because the first one is to do with labeling and understanding what you or someone else is feeling. You cannot 
label correctly something that you don't understand profoundly. Let me say that again. You cannot label something correctly that you do not understand profoundly. What I mean by that is that we make a mistake of confusing one emotion for another. And I feel like that's kind of expected because where else do you actually learn? Where do you learn about emotions? Where do you learn about emotional intelligence? It's almost like we're expected to know. In fact, there's a lot of skills in life that the educational system does not teach you. However, there are skills that are incredibly important in your life. And when I think about it, actually, I'm just going to deviate for a second. But when I think about all the things that if we learned via the educational system, we would be so much better humans or so much better equipped as humans to navigate life. Life could be completely different, right? For example, where do you learn how to hold space? Holding space is such a key skill. Where do you learn that? Where do you learn how to navigate your emotions? Navigating your emotions is such a key skill. Where do you learn that? Where do you learn how to become self-aware? It's such a key skill. Where do you learn that? So you see, there's a whole bunch of skills, and I know I'm deviating, but there's a whole bunch of skills that life or the educational system that you are provided to in your life does not provide you with. It's life that teaches you that on the go. But wouldn't it be best, wouldn't it be better if there was a place, a one-stop shop, where all of these things could be taught, where you could learn all of these things? Right? And this is why I make the content I make because I feel like there's things that I explain that are not explained anywhere else. Or if they are explained anywhere else, it's not in a concrete educational system. And one day I want to solve this problem. And I will. But for now, I'll just carry on sharing content because it is another avenue for learning. Back to the point. Back to the show. <laughs> The mistake that we make, or one of the biggest mistakes that we make, is we mislabel things. So, there is this thing called the emotions chart. The emotions chart is effectively a chart with all of the emotions, or majority of them. And it was designed to help you be able to correctly identify and distinguish emotions. Because the best way to prevent the mistake of mislabeling or misunderstanding our emotions is deeply understanding the emotions. And our emotional vocabulary is very limited. Most people only know six emotions. Angry, sad, anxious, hurt, embarrassed, happy. <laughs> Most people only know six emotions. But there are so many more emotions. Right? And so... When you only know six emotions, but there's so many more, you're bound to make mistakes. You're bound to say that you're angry when actually you're just frustrated. You're bound to say that you're sad when actually you're just disappointed. You're bound to say that you're anxious when actually 
you're nervous. You're bound to say that you're hurt when actually you are jealous. You're bound to say that you're embarrassed when actually you're lonely. You're bound to say that you're happy when actually you're relaxed. You see, we make the mistake of mislabeling because we don't know the full breadth and depth of emotions. When we only know a limited amount of emotions and that is the only thing that is part of our vocabulary, we're bound to make mistakes. So the emotions chart divides into six segments, right? And inside those six segments, there is the top level emotion and then there is the family of emotions that are related but are not exactly that top level emotion. So for example, you have angry, but a lot of other words that we should have used instead of angry could have been grumpy, frustrated, annoyed, defensive, spiteful, impatient, disgusted, offended, irritated. So are you angry or are you grumpy, frustrated, annoyed, defensive, spiteful, impatient, disgusted, offended, irritated. Do you see what I mean? Are you sad or are you disappointed, mournful, regretful, depressed, paralyzed, pessimistic, tearful, dismayed, disillusioned? Are you anxious or are you afraid, stressed, vulnerable, confused, bewildered, skeptical, worried, cautious, nervous? Are you hurt or are you jealous, betrayed, isolated, shocked, deprived, victimized, aggrieved, tormented, abandoned? Are you embarrassed or are you isolated, self-conscious, lonely, inferior, guilty, ashamed, repugnant, pathetic, confused? Are you happy or are you thankful, trusting, comfortable, content, excited, relaxed, relieved, elated, confident. You get my point. My point is, look at the breadth of emotions that there is, and yet we seem to always use the same six, or the same eight, or the same ten, or the same five emotions. If you don't know the breadth of emotions that there is, you're never going to identify correctly what you're feeling. And as I've just explained, each emotion could be misunderstood for another one, but it, in its essence, is its own individual emotion. In its essence, is its own individual life. Each emotion has its own set of characteristics and set of attributes. And when you understand each emotion individually, you better understand what is it that you're feeling in the moment. Because it's very easy to mistaken what we feel. It's very easy. And so I don't want you to make that mistake. So that was the emotions chart. I hope that helps. And I hope going forward, you're able to better identify the emotions that you feel. Because that's the first step towards emotional intelligence. The first step is identifying. I hope today's episode was helpful. Share it with someone. Share it with someone you believe will generally, truly benefit from knowing this, from learning this. Thank you so much. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe, leave us a review. It means the world to the podcast. It takes a couple of seconds. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast, then please make sure to listen to the next one to find out 
What's up, Anne? What's next?